From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again. Welcome for another episode of the Power Move. My name is John Gafford. I am your host on this show. We talk about business, we talk about life, we talk about strange and interesting things, and cool people come and share their secrets to success and what they do. Joining me in the studio today, as always, is Colt the Bulgarian Mongoose Amadan. What's going what's, on, everybody? What's the fight? What's the fighting weight right now, Colt? What's fighting the fighting weight? weight? What is it? Shrunk. 182. 182? Yeah. Skinny yeah, 182. fat. Skinny That's fat. Skinny fat guy. Oh, that's fine. And then also, we're in the studio today, Chris the Counselor. Connell, how are you, on, sir? Gentlemen. And sitting next to him in the studio in the hot seat today is a friend of mine that I, uh, scariest guy I know. Let's be honest with you. Let's be I honest. I thought I was. He, no, well, no, for different reasons. <laughs> I thought it was a vet. For different reasons. Yeah, that's <laughs> the scariest guy I know. No, but, Best but, body, uh, you know. but, but in the studio today, Tim Larkin, a, I mean, has graced the cover of Black Belt Magazine, author of the book, When Violence is the Answer, which I think, if nothing else, that's the best, that is the best title for a book in the history of books. Banned from the United Kingdom. Yes. For still people, banned. Still banned from the United Kingdom. And a great story. We're going to talk to Tim today about uh, his story. I got there. First of all, how you doing, Tim? Great, man. Thanks, thanks for having for, me on, man. Dude, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're doing a little, Tim has a great podcast too. And uh, asked, called me and asked me a, a couple questions about our studio setup. And I said, I got a better idea. <laughs> well, just come over here. I can extrapolate some amazing stories from you and we can, uh, I'll show you how the studio works. This, this is worth the trip alone, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, dude. I do. So first of all, in the news this week, a couple of things we're going to talk about, obviously. Now, Colt, let me ask you a question, right? Haven't watched the news, so. All right. Well, t- well, two years. Well, this is a, more of a trivia question, right? Two years ago, somebody went on the main stage at Inman, which is funny because Inman is actually right now it starts today. For those of you who don't know what Inman is, it is the largest real estate uh, conference of the year. It is the biggest one. It's here in Vegas, uh, and it's going on right now. It starts today. Uh, the main stage there. There's probably I don't know six, seven, eight thousand people in that room on the main stage. Yeah, big. Somebody stood on the main stage two years ago and essentially called all of the iBuyers, which is the companies like Open Door, OfferPad, and these other companies, crooks and said they were perpetuating the greatest theft in American history as Wall Street stole the equity from homeowners on Main Street. Who was that, Colt? Well, that person didn't make friends that day. No, who was it, though? It was you. That's right, it was, it was me. You. That's right, it was me it that was did you. that. It did me, and uh, <laughs> since you didn't read the news this week, yesterday the FTC, in their wise and judgment, decided to smack Open Door, which is the leading iBuyer out there, with a $62 million fine for, <laughs> in their words, not mine. Um, what was che- it? Cheating? It, it was, yeah, it was cheating. It was, it was essentially they were misleading homeowners as to the fact that they had no fees, and it was cheaper to sell with them then with a realtor and after an in-depth study the FTT FTC determined that those homeowners would have made more money on the open market with a realtor so i hate to say i told you so you do you uh, hate no that. you know what does no. that bother you there's two say? things i hate to, there's, two <laughs> things, no, there's two things i do love to say i told you so and fuck you chilies i like to say that too so anyway but i got a new member Are of that we going I, to I, salt I, lake maybe now, maybe we need to go up there but i have a i have a new member of the chilies club uh-oh Papa John's, dude, dead to me. Dead. Pop- to me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think he said Popeyes for a second. I'm going, no. No, no, no. Popeye, no. Popeyes, Popeyes gets a pass no matter what. Let's face that. <laughs> so what was that. so bad with Papa John's that. 
All right, here's what's the happened. The N-word didn't it's, it's lose you. You didn't, yeah, lose, John, you John, didn't John, lose them at the N-word a couple years back. Yeah, well, that's the true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm a forgiver, Cole. Why don't, why don't you say? just say, John, you're retroactive. Like, it's been retroactive. Okay, there we go. That's probably I just bad. forgot to mention it. No, I read, it, I read an article that said that they don't have enough people. Uh, I randomly read this article saying that Papa John's does not have enough employees, so they have outsourced their ordering overseas, and now everybody in the store is just a cook or driver, Right. Which I get. That seems smart to me. So, randomly, my son, just out of the blue, we never order from there, goes, I want Papa John's. Really? Okay. So, me and Gidget were getting ready to go to your house. Yep. And uh, I was like, so we'll order Papa John's. So I go, no problem ordering it. Obviously, talking to a third world country, could hear the call center in the background. You knew it was not a restaurant when you called. And uh, the lady's like, it'll be 30 minutes. Okay. An hour later, we're still on pizza. So, I call up, and I kind of had to finagle the number to actually get to the store. And I get to the store and I was like, the guy's like, can I help you? I'm like, dude, it's been over an hour for our pizza. No, I'm sorry. This one had been an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, it's been over an hour and 10 minutes. And she's like, he's like, oh yeah, that's bad, dude. Hang on a second. You want to talk to manager? I said, yes, I do. And on comes Barbara. Barbara comes on. Babs. And uh, Babs, <laughs> this is exactly what Babs says. Yeah. Can I help you? Yeah. We, we ordered a pizza. They told me it's gonna be 30 minutes. It's been an hour and 10 minutes. We still don't have it. Yeah. We're running behind. Well, I know, but, but like we have to leave and, and I was told it was going to be here. I just told you we're running behind. <laughs> you know what? What's your name? My name is Barbara. Okay, Barbara. This is how we're running this. This is how we're going to handle this problem today. I think I'd like a refund. Fine. I'll call the driver. Tell him not to bring your pizza. Click. And I'm going to me. Well, John. Not the best way to handle customer service in my okay, opinion. Okay, but did they, they serve you six margaritas no, and tow your car? They did not serve me six let's, margaritas. Let's, let's keep things in perspective. I'd they say did Babs not. plus the N-word now. Okay, yeah, fine. They did just, not. Babs by herself. Babs by herself, John. Maybe they, just uh, chalk one up. To they did, yeah, they, they did not. They did not. Did not. Did, yeah, maybe not as bad as don't serve me six margaritas and tow my car. Maybe not that bad. It's like. Uh, so I'm not done with you, Chili's. You think I'm done with you. I'm going to come creeping up when you when you think you're safe i'll be there you trust me john's Solid like every <laughs> every nfl female fan right now who's <laughs> yeah. going six games uh deshaun watson oh, dude. six games six uh, games so i i heard that yes. let me ask calvin ridley got 17 for yeah. betting a 1500 yeah. parlay on a team you didn't play for oh, and who was uh <laughs> the receiver for the browns for the weed smoking four uh, years ago jarvis or yeah it, jarvis landry jarvis landry uh, unbelievable yeah, I, Tim, you watch you watch football, NFL, follow that. Yeah, unfortunately, on my side of it, I, every time there's an incident, yeah, I'm always getting the calls on some oh. guy hitting his wife. You know, twenty five yeah. independent. He, he, he just watches Page with, Six and TMZ and kind of yeah, gets yeah. a full season. That's what he's That's doing. Like, uh, so, well, anyway, this weekend, other news. Uh, you know, I want to talk about something else without going fully into detail on it. Um, but man, I had an exercise in emotions all weekend. I mean, really did. We had a situation, uh, with the company where somebody that had been with us for a long time, um, really close to my family kind of did made, made some decisions for them and that's fine. Um, but the optics of it were somewhat treacherous in, in our view. And man, my instant, you know, I tried to follow the stoic thing and it's not, this story is not even about that. It's about this. So I, I try to go with the stoicism idea and I try to be very level headed about everything that I do. And I try to, you know, think about Marcus Aurelius and blah, 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 whatever else. And you know, and this, I was fine about it until my wife got very upset about it. And then I went to straight, just laser beams coming out of my eyes, right? Looking for like out for vengeance 
I did. And I spent the better part of the weekend fighting the need for vengeance and fighting the need to be calm, right? Very proud of myself, did not really do anything all weekend, which was fine. And then last night, it, you know, it's been carried over all weekend, but last night I had a dream. And it was a good dream. And this was the dream we talked about earlier. So I, dream, I, I dreamed that I was in a house, and it was my house, and it was like kind of a weird kind of wood ceiling. And there were these cobwebs on the ceiling, right? And I couldn't get them down with anything else for some reason. So I was like, oh, I got a blowtorch. I'm heating <laughs> Hang on, hear me out. What? Hang on, hear me out. I was like, I was like, heat. Had a nuclear I, missile. I, I know, but I'm like, heat melts cobwebs. So I'm like, I light the blowtorch and I'm just kind of torching off the cobwebs. And like, there's some spiders. I'm getting a nuke and I'm cleaning up. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm cleaning all this up. And all of a sudden, I realize I've set my House roof on fire. On fire. Yeah, sure. Right. And I woke up. Need thinking, a roofing company? No. Seven hundred two roofing. Seven hundred two roofing. Need a roofing. <laughs> no, but I woke up. But I woke up thinking. Man, if I go if I go piss and vinegar at this, it's gonna burn my whole my whole my whole my whole house down. So I just woke up with it. You know what? Just play to win, play on an even field, do the right thing, do those things, and uh, and don't get sucked into the to the vitriol side of it. And I just was. I woke up this morning. It's such a such a such a peaceful feeling because I felt like God had sent, had sent me that dream to be like, bro, don't burn your house down over this. It's not worth it. Should never bring it. That was great. Back. I know, but I just I thought that it's was great. really good. I thought no, it was good. Much needed, I'm sure too. Much needed. Much, much needed. needed. So enough about all of this nonsense. If you're still with us, man, nine minutes deep. Thank you for staying. It's been great. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's go over Tim. So Tim, first of all, let's talk about you. So tell me about your background because again, I like to you know you're you're a high level entrepreneur, dude. You're, you're a successful guy with what you do, and you took something kind of interesting, which was your martial arts and your background in self defense, and turned it into into a productive business. So you mixed, you kind of blended your passions with the finance side of things. So I like that. So I, again, we like to believe that success leaves clues. So tell me, where did you grow up? Let's talk about that first. Uh, Navy kid. So all over the place. Uh, originally Boston, Massachusetts. That's where my family's from. Mm -hmm. uh, how, many, how many siblings? Uh, I have uh, two. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. Um, so we, we were moving every two to three years. You know, and dad was an officer in the Navy and we went everywhere. Uh, so it, I was used to that. And one thing I got to say about that is it gives me the ability to, uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, I realize nothing's permanent mm -hmm. and change is, you know, always Inevitable. there and, and having to, you know, connect with people and stuff was really good as a, as a young kid. I didn't realize that, but you know, I, I never, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time, you know, when she, uh, when she gets ready to, to move on from her position, we're thinking about going overseas and stuff because, uh, you know, we know how what, how powerful that is for the kids. I got to live overseas for yeah. a while, um, so that really helped. Not, um, the, not the UK though, Tim. <laughs> they will not be letting me in the UK. Yeah, yeah. What was your know. favorite place you lived? At? We're going to get there. Uh, I I really enjoyed Barcelona. Um, mm -hmm. I, it's Europe. I've also spent time in Venezuela, uh, and then um, <laughs> funny enough, London. I went, to, I went to school. I went to school at uh, LSE for a year, and uh, yeah, that won't that won't be won't go into the reunions. Won't be going to the reunion there, Tim. Oh, no. <laughs> and a valedictorian speech. <laughs> the only problem is every friend I have when they go through London, I get barraged with photos, <laughs> videos. Hey, hey, all my favorite places. I was there two months ago. I should have. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's nonstop. It's nonstop harassment. Um, You're not missing a lot. Pretty bad. <laughs> no. Pretty poor weather. <laughs> yeah. The, Food's still no their, good. Their best chefs leave and yeah. go get trained in France yeah. for hey. a very specific reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still no good food. It's very true. Um, so moved around. Yeah, moved around. And then at last, dad's last uh, duty station was 32nd Street in San Diego. Right across the Navy housing we were in is right across over in Coronado, on NAB Coronado. Mm -hmm. um, 
we literally, we lived in, my backyard was a chain link fence. There's a silver strand highway. And then you looked right across and there was this huge obstacle course. You can see the seal training course. Like, yeah. We had no idea. Now you got to understand this is 80, uh, 70, no, 79. Back then, nobody knew about the SEAL teams. And uh-huh. even though I was, you know, my dad was in Little Creek before, which is the other place, Damn Neck, you know, you've always heard of, of that, where the teams are. Mm-hmm. We kind of knew of them, we, but I knew, had no idea what they did. And were they, so- Were they called SEALs then? No, well, it was UDT SEALs. So underwater demolition teams. Buds, they, yeah, they still yeah, had yeah, underwater, underwater demolition teams and it was still called BUDS, Basic Underwater mm-hmm. Demolition School. Um, but there's there's uh, the UDT teams. They're the traditional uh, underwater su- demolition, yeah. Yeah. and they support the fleet and they do the. They're the guys that uh, would go in and blow up all the Jesse Ventura, all, yeah. yeah, yeah, all that stuff. They blow up America. everything before America. And have the Marines land and, and do all that. Um, but for me and my brother, we were like, oh, we got our own playground, and so. We would, we would ride our bikes, literally ride our bikes across the freaking freeway. Really? You know? um, yeah, we'd go across the freeway. Mom would, you know, had no idea what we were doing. And then we figured that if we threw... Oh, the early 80s, late 70s. Oh, yeah. Mom, oh, yeah. had no, mom well, didn't know what any of us were doing. You got a 12-year-old kid, you got a 12-year-old kid and a thir- and a 11-and-a-half-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, a 10-and-a-half-year-old yeah. kid. And we figured out if we throw a uh, rug over the bob wire, <laughs> we, can, we can get over it. And we start playing on the on the rock school courses. Could you imagine if you did that nowadays? Uh, you'd be shot so, at. <laughs> so they start, they, they, you know, they start kicking us off a couple of times, and then they realize we're not getting rid of these kids. And so they let us hang out. Really? And I learned about this job. I was like, oh my god, you get paid to jump out of airplanes, you know, run around wear these cool sunglasses. They were in the Varney sunglasses back then. <laughs> And Varnay's. Uh, yeah, Varnay's. <laughs> oh yeah, buddy. And uh, you know, shoot machine guns, blow stuff up. You know, and so then my dad thought it was pretty funny. I was hanging out with the seals until I told him about this great weekend that I had, where a couple of the guys told me, "Hey, come down. You go down the beach. You go down the beach." And if this guy had, <laughs> I think about it now. He every time they would they would blow up like C four, you know, oh, the explosives and stuff. They grab a little bit. And they'd keep it back at the team area. And then on the weekends, they'd go down and they'd just like, they'd make little bombs oh, and throw it. So, so I'm sitting there, I'm like 12 years old, this learning how good, to take yeah. C4 and just blow stuff up. And this could be good for you and your hunting humans oh, yeah. thing, Colt. You oh, could yeah. use this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk after, Tim. We'll talk after. <laughs> do you, need some do you have any more and how much is it? Uh, <laughs> so it was crazy. And, and so I really enjoyed it. So I was hooked. You know, this was it. So my only, the only deal my dad said was, hey, listen, he goes, you're going you're gonna to get an education. You know, mm-hmm. so I go ROTC, um, I go to USC, but the whole time I'm just immersed. All I'm doing is prepping for buds. You know, the whole time. Did you now. graduate from SC? Yeah, graduated from cool. SC. Um, I might need a letter from you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went. Uh, I, I think they they take it from me. I I, I, le- I left out of there okay. I was okay, little, all right, good. It's not the UK. I had a couple of incidents. While wait, there. wait, this letter is from, is this from the UK guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, oh, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where that really comes into play is my wife. It's really funny. Yeah. You know, she, I come across the board every so often as a, you know, a band individual, um, which really works with Metro. Um, uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know his wife, Sasha, is what's the current job she has? She's a deputy chief of Homeland Security. Deputy chief of Homeland Security. <laughs> yes, and I'm banned. <laughs> banned I'm the the like, there's three people yeah. banned from the UK. One of them was that guy who worked in Al Qaeda cutting people's heads <laughs> yeah. off. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Oh, Snoop, 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 yeah. yeah. Snoop was for pop position. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to you. And then there's me. <laughs> we'll get to you. And then there's me. Oh, my um, God. But what was really cool about that was, uh, you know, talk about from a, from a 
you know, entrepreneurial standpoint, absolutely ridiculous to think because they did not want back then, which is crazy. People think now back then the Navy did not want an officer candidate to go to the SEAL teams. Nope. It was, mm-hmm. it was, they were the redheaded stepchildren of the Navy, you know, cause they really didn't belong in the Navy and uh, there wasn't really a career path, you know, back then for Those it. were mercs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how they tried. Yeah, they, they weren't, everybody. they weren't officers. They were mercs. The, the unique thing about it was those guys, the one thing I all respect, the fact that they weren't at that chance to ever become an admiral or anything like that. When they ran missions, a three-star could tell them, well, you go do this. If the officer didn't think it was safe for his guys, he literally had the power to go, F you. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, we're not doing it. And today, you can't even think of that. You know, yeah, now right. it's very political and everything. But uh, so anyways, I had to really fight. There were only two slots, 2,500 guys uh, applied. We all looked the same on paper. And the one thing I knew from moving around and knowing from, from the Navy at that time, I was like, I got to leave everything on the floor. How do I, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I had a buddy that was going to school at American University in D.C. Everything happens in D.C. That's where the detailer officers, offices are. So I flew to uh, D.C., hung out with my buddy. I had been, everybody told me in the community, because I didn't know guys in the community, they go, well, you got you to handle Margaret, man. Margaret's your gatekeeper. She had been there like 25 years. She ran every detailer. Detailer goes every two or three years. She did it, right? So, uh, so wait, were you in the Navy at this yeah, point? Yeah, I'm, I'm You're a, in the Navy. I'm, a, uh, I'm, a, I'm an officer trained, so I'm midshipman. Okay. Got so it. I show up my little midshipman uniform, and I'd been sending her flowers and doing anything. I show up there, and she goes, listen. She goes, I can't promise you anything. She said, you can sit here. And she said, Commander, the guy's name was Commander Goulet. She goes, he may or may not see you. Now, this is on a Tuesday. I sat there three days in, in a smaller place like this, not as comfortable as this, in my uniform like this, being waiting, being ignored. Bud Fox style. Walking out, yeah. in and out the whole day, right? Like, like, like me and you at a bar when we were single. Same thing. Trust me, I did that for yeah. longer than three days. <laughs> so I'm sitting there Friday, Friday at uh, 4.55. And this is the, 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 the Navy building, which is next to the Pentagon area. I'm sitting there. And I hear this midshipman, and I go, "You're still here? Why are you still on my on my couch?" I go, "Well, I said, sir, I, I just wanted to talk to you. What could you possibly have to say to me?" I said, "Sir, listen, I know you have a big decision." I said, "I know everybody looks the same on paper. I just want you to know, if you pick me, I will not quit." He goes, "That's it. That's what you said to me." I, I go, "Yes, sir." And he goes, "Get out of my office." So I leave. Man, I'm dejected. I think I really screwed up. I'm walking down this ungodly long haul, you know, with just like the, the linoleum and everything and my head's down. And I'm kind of like, Oh man, I blew it. You know, Margaret kind of looked at me on the way out and <laughs> told you <ya. laughs> I get, I get halfway down the, the place. And one of the guys who's a JG at the time, uh, Lieutenant JG, he runs down and he goes, Larkin. And I turn around and he goes, Hey man, he goes, we couldn't do this to you. He goes, we just want you to know you, ha- you had it. Wednesday. We just wanted to see how long you'd stick around. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and it's that whole idea the the just, you know, the one thing I teach my kids too is like, take it to that next level, right. you know, go, go where it was. Now, listen, I had to perform and it was interesting as I ended up getting injured, you know, like I blew my years two weeks before I was graduating. In butt? In butt? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had everything, man. I was the superstar because it was unfair because I'd been known since I was 12 right. years old what to do. Right. Yeah. So my guys, we won Hell Week. We did everything, every hard evolution. But I had bad ears. Um, and I knew that going in, you guys are going to crack up. I literally took my, before I applied, the Navy gives you, 
your uh, your medical records, mm-hmm. physical medical records. I, everything about my ears, I literally ripped out. And I handed it over in my packet, and they had no idea I had bad ears. Like I, I had small eustachian tubes. There's no way, I mean, the thought of me being able to pressurize dive yeah, the way yeah, I have to no was way. ridiculous. But I got all the way through until one of the last dives, and that's it blew my ears, and that was it. So I didn't get to, I was going to SEAL, back then I was going to SEAL Team 4, so hang on a second. So you had to drop, you had to ring the bell. You had to yeah. drop out. No, no, no ring, no ring bell. bell. No, it's called medical, medical discharge. Medical you got medical discharge. discharge. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I fought yeah, tooth, tooth and nail. And they go, listen, if something happens, you can come back. So that's, a, so, I, mean, that's a, I mean, that's a big pivot point, man. Because this is yeah. something you've been working for your whole life. And yeah. all of a sudden I, it's it's yanked from you. I thought my life was over. and But the cool, the interesting part about it was, you know, when it comes to life and stuff, it was the first time, I mean, I literally, they beat the crap out of me. Nothing stopped me you know, going through, this was truly the first time I had an injury to my human, to the human body that I couldn't overcome. Yeah. I couldn't, my will, it meant nothing. Yeah, it, like, yeah. it physically stopped me. And of course that became the theme of my life, you know, later on is, is the idea of exploiting injury to the human body, you know, for self-protection reasons. But back then I thought, you know, I'm, I'm 21. I thought my life was over, you know, that was, how long, I mean, did me you go through a period of like depression? Did you, were you, oh yeah. So did they reassign you in the Navy? Did well, they leave you out of the Navy? I, what happened? There? I was super fortunate because uh, they really liked me. They yeah. really liked me. And they said, listen, you're staying in the community. Uh, we're going to send you to Intel school and we want you to come back as special warfare intelligence because they were expanding at the time. And they didn't want to waste, <laughs> let me think about it, they didn't want to waste a healthy body right. on Intel, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So they said, hey, we can have this kid, he knows, them, he knows what we're up to, he goes, we'll train him up and bring him back. They put me on the most senior command when I came back, I worked directly for the Admiral who controlled all the SEAL teams back at, uh, in Coronado. And I was literally surrounded by the legends of the SEAL teams. Berlin, Berlin Wall's coming down and they know we gotta change the way we do business. You know, they, they predicted everything. They predicted Bosnia, Herzegovina, sure. all this stuff. But the big thing was we had to change our training and we had to actually put hands on people again. Mm-hmm. And I had a martial arts background growing up. I judo, jujitsu, boxing. My, my grandfather was a big boxer and got me in early. Um, so they liked me. I had no business. They put this little pilot program together where all these senior enlisted guys that were on the command, uh, they, they decided, listen, we gotta start looking for a new way of doing hand-to-hand combat. You know, then, then we, the last time they changed it was uh, Vietnam. So I'm on this pilot program. And the only reason they have me is because I'm pretty, I'm, I'm young, I got good martial arts background, and I'm a meat puppet. You know, they can knock me around and have mm. fun. So we're doing this, and we're literally seeing all the martial arts from all over the world. And they're coming in, and everything worked, but it didn't work when we put our gear back on. And so that was a big thing. So I end up, uh, I had really good relationships with the other groups because I was, I was briefing everybody. I was briefing DEA. I was working with Army. I was working with everybody. DEA buddy calls up because a lot of stuff was going on. If you know, say Narcos. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. well, that was all going on during that time. And so I had a bunch of DEA buddies and they, got, and they were training up for everything. So my buddy calls me up. He goes, hey, man. He goes, you guys still doing that punchy, kicky stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, because they were laughing at us. We were doing hand-to-hand combat. It's not like the UFC. The UFC really right. hadn't taken off yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, yeah, asshole, we didn't. And he goes, well, listen, there's this guy in PB. He goes, you might want to do it. He goes, he's a real, he's a real asshole, but you get along with assholes. And, and that's another thing. People used to call me like the asshole whisperer because, <laughs> because hey, Chris, what, that what something like that cost him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Chris's only exactly. fan. Exactly. If you got to ask, you can't afford it, buddy. That's how that works. <laughs> and I, I, what, what oh, you, meant, oh, you mean you could come yeah. unruly people? Down. Okay, I get it. Oh, what I found. I thought that was a verb. Well, what I found was, uh, 
<laughs> takes me back to my prison yeah, days. Dude, that's the first. That's the first time I thought about an Only OnlyFans account. That would be good. The asshole whisperer. The asshole whisperer. I'm oh, sure that would already exist. I'm gonna go ahead and take a guess. Um, <laughs> but what, what, what he meant by that was, he said, "Hey, listen, you know, this guy's a difficult guy, right? And they don't. What I found is the, the people that have the best knowledge when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, they don't suffer fools." They're not necessarily popular, you know, meaning, meaning they're very effective. You want them, but, uh, it's weird. It's a, when you look at, you look back at the heart, uh, mystery or the history of uh, martial arts, you know, everybody talks about Miyamoto Masashi, the, the five swordsman, killed 60, mm-hmm. wrote five wings. What they don't tell you is he was never sponsored. He was the most effective swordsman, his, his way of teaching, but because it was so straightforward and brutal, he couldn't get any funding, basically. You know, he had to have a patron to, to do that. So his sword, at the very end, he had a guy that kind of helped him out. But here's the most effective guy, but because of his personality, because of who he was, he wasn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I find that oftentimes is that in times of peace, when you don't need it, you know, these people get, you know, right. pushed away pushed because down. they're not, you know, socially, they're tough to be around sometimes. He, he was a true artist too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like calligrapher yeah. and he, oh, yeah. he, he, he was, was sort of on his own level. level. Yeah. He just, yeah, he'd probably half autistic. You know, in some ways, yeah, he's just yeah. like, why don't you understand how to murder people with a sword? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, he was, but he was so elegant in how he did it. You yeah. know, and he was so like, uh, he, he oh, really, boy. he really understood how to, how to get, get it. Right, right, to right, this guy. right now, somewhere, a vet is listening to this, googling this guy's name to learn how to kill kill Colt with a sword. That's what's like, happening right now. You should always. <laughs> Five right Rings now. is one of the best business books you can read too. Yeah. What is it? It's Five Rings. It's Five Rings. Miyamoto Musashi. Five Rings. Okay, there you go. Power It's It's very. It's very buddhist yeah it is and so and there's a couple interpretations that really uh that we, we get a certain version of it uh it's very straightforward and mm-hmm. you, can, you can you can extrapolate a lot of great information out of it um but he was very straightforward about what he did and same thing so i, I go to this place i show up and it's like this little dingy studio it's carpet not even you know mats i was gonna uh, i think i thought maybe he was jerking my chain <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so i about to leave it's not open but i see this little trifold and it talks about the instructor. And the only thing that got me to go back was I knew my military history. This guy had been to Vietnam and he just said, it just, he didn't make a big deal out of it. He just said 173rd Charlie Company. And I, I almost like was stunned because these guys were literally left out in the jungle and they were like Westmoreland special. He wanted to see how long he keep people out there. This guy happened to be a tunnel rat. So he literally, because he's a little a little guy, he would go down with a forty five and a, and a knife, go yeah. into that. I mean, just you know. So I said, listen, if nothing else, I said I got to see who this is. You know, so I, I go in the next day and I go to this, I, I go to this training, and I I got modified grooming standards at that time, meaning I have longer hair because a lot of what we're doing sometimes I have to look like a civilian right. going. So I looked like a typical San Diego surfer when I walked in, and I'm hanging out, and I'm watching, and I see these kids now. They're in regular geese but the first thing i see a kid do with a yellow belt on and now i have three black belts at the time at this point and again i'm training with the teams i'm training with the skill team i'm seeing and i'm seeing some of the best martial artists in the world this kid comes in against another kid slams him in the side of the neck comb grabs his hair and out of nowhere comes a rubber knife and he has a kid over he knees him to the solar plexus and he starts stabbing him in the neck (laughs) dropping him and going right into the next guy and i'm like shit Wait, this is what we're looking. We've never yeah. seen anything. What about is this? It. What were the auspices? Well, who, was it like? Who are these guys? Hapkido or Aikido or something? No, he, or what what was, did they call what it? What was so funny was that he was calling it kung fu oh, at okay. the time. He was calling it kung fu, and he trained with a guy in L.A. that was a former triad guy. 
And it's it's really interesting. But he didn't do it like anybody else that does the type of kung fu. He was very straightforward about how to take people out. That was mm. his big thing. But he did it in a very, he wasn't a brutal guy, but he was very, well, he was a brutal guy, but he wasn't, uh, there was no, no no chest bumping or anything right. like that. You know, it was just about, hey, this is how you do it. You know, you take him on, like, you want to learn how to, he would tell people, I remember guys would come in something, oh, you know, you teach me anything good, I want to, you know, how do you, how do you kill somebody? Oh, like this, wham, 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 wham. And, they go like, and, and people would freak out because they think they want that information, right. but they don't realize how easy it is to do to somebody, right. you know? And so you, you gotta be careful what you ask for. Uh, yeah, lesson learned, Tim, lesson learned, Colt. Tim, we gotta be careful what yeah. we're teaching Colt here. Yeah. I just want you to understand, last yeah. podcast, he actually asked me, and goes, <laughs> would, how much fun Tim, would it be to murder a human being? <laughs> I'm top three scariest guys you've ever seen, right, Tim? <laughs> That, well, just the fact you're Bulgarian background. Well, that's, he's not. That's he's a, not. That's he's just, scary he's just, he's just, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> just need a good nickname. Yeah, Persona to be scary. And that's what's turquoise okay. shirt. But but but, but, I'll, but I'll say this. We'll take a little break from from Meltzer. We're going to come back to it. But I just want to know because you would consider yourself a world class athlete in 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 martial arts at this time, correct? Oh yeah. Okay. What, what were your so you, so you so you so you as someone that is a world class athlete. Can understand the the amount of work it goes in to build a world class athlete, correct? Yes. Okay, Colt, ask him. <laughs> so, in summer winter Olympics, <laughs> could you be an Olympian? No, 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 no. Him first. Okay. <laughs> in summer winter Olympics, in either either, Olympics. In either, either could, could you could, be? Could, could you have could. been an Olympian at your best? Well, you, you oh, at that, at judo that, and, at that yeah. time, um, no. Okay, and you're a third degree black belt. Yeah. Okay. You ever ridden a horse? <laughs> Actually, I have ridden a horse. There you yeah. go. Equestrian. So feel free to ask him. Cool. Ask. Go get to it. Don't don't dance. What? Cool. I'm just ask saying. Him. I. Could be on the curling team and the equestrian. Colt team. feels that he could be an Olympian inside of twelve everything. months in either curling or equestrian because the horse does all the work. That is <laughs> preposterous. The craziest thing. <laughs> is that now that I know Tim? Maybe I could go to judo. <laughs> twelve months, Tim. Pick it up. Okay, for 12 look months. at this. All right. Okay. Ronda, Ra Ronda Rousey. Enough, enough of enough of enough of your complete nonsense. What were your black belts in? Did you have a uh, judo, I, I did judo, uh, tung sudo, and um, uh, taekwondo. So is, is they only that, that was, that was always available. Yeah, tung sudo is a Korean karate. It's a karate, right? Yeah, and yeah. Taekwondo. In, in taekwondo, same thing. Um, and then, uh, and then judo. The judo was very practical. And then boxing. We did that. The Marines taught us judo and boxing. Yeah. And um, but that was the only thing that was available. You know, basically anything that was uh, on any base, it was where I, I got, got my training as a, yeah. as, a, as a Navy kid. You know. Um, and it was great. I, I loved it. Uh, it. It was it was really fun. But I thought well, the other thing too that I learned moving around Boston. You know, my grandfather, my grandfather, my great grandfather ran liquor with Joe Kennedy. You know, my, my, my grandmother denied that, <laughs> denied that to her dying day. He had a bunch of pool halls. My grandfather was a jazz musician, took it legit, and uh, then he he got a insurance and real estate. You know, oh, nice. the company. So he was doing that, but he still had that edge. And he taught all me and my cousins how to box. It was one of the first things we ever did. But he said something to me that lasted. And again, this is what the guy I talked to, same thing. He would tell us, he goes, boys, these are the rules when you're in the ring, blah, blah, blah. And we were in the basement doing that. But then he'd point to the, the window uh, in the basement. He go, but if you're out there, no. he goes, no, you do this, you yeah. do that. You know, he knew there was a def definitely different between a sport application right. and what happens in the street because he'd yeah. seen it. 
And um, it, it was really interesting. As a young kid, we didn't really understand what he was saying, but it all resonated later yeah. on and stuff. You know? so, 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 you're, so you go back to the, let's go back to the gym. Let's talk about the guy in the elevator, the belt that was killing people with a yeah. rubber knife. <laughs> yeah, so I see that. I see that, and um, again, I'm used to these huge egos that I'm dealing with. These right. these, these guys, me, they're me all too. Black, God, it's they're exhausting. On, <laughs> they're on black belt magazine. It's not an ego, if it's true. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and they're getting all the accolades. Again, this is all pre UFC, and um, but so, it's around the time of kickboxer. I just want to say that. Yeah, straight <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kickboxer. John fucking Claude Van Damme's around at the time. Yeah, you know, Sasha's it was in uh, kickboxer four. What? Oh yeah, no. I, I, gotta, I gotta get you the really. Clip. I gotta get you the clip. It's great. Oh it's my classic. god, that's your wife, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. She uh, she's a fourth uh, fourth degree in Kempo. Oh, How'd you oh meet her? God. Met her in yoga. Really? Yeah. Dude, he's Sasha. Dude, his his wife. If you don't, you've never met her. She is nice. She's super super nice. But you know the way she presents herself when she's out socially, you would never know. No idea. But you it's in that. No, like you, dude. Yeah. You're you're like I, I see you coming from like a mile away. Right, right. You would never know. Yeah. Never. Like you would fight her in celebrity boxing or something, Colt, yeah. and she Whoop would just murder you. But don't you Which find actually, most people? If she's are like willing that. to do that. That would be great. I, I feel that extra most people that truly like study that or have gone down that. Yeah. You know. They, uh, you never see it coming from them. That's no. why I always tell people don't I, mess I, with people in bars. Well, I'm sure how many you never know how yeah. many people have gone up to you trying to fight you. Well, that's, that's stupid, why I right? laugh all the time. I laugh about that all the time at people. It's like, yeah, I look the part. I get it. Right, I look right. the part, and I, I go, but but I'm that'll not, bring it on. I'm not the guy. Yeah, and I tell people that all the time. I go, but I'm not the guy you got to worry about. Yeah. You know, the guy I always have to worry about is he's usually anywhere from five, you know seven. five six five <laughs> yeah. six to five eight. 145 to 165 pounds, nondescript. And, you know, while the, the knucklehead like me is there, you know, flexing around, yelling at people and stuff that everybody thinks you got to worry about, he's the one that's quietly sipping his beer, you know, slipping the knife out and just right. ready. Oh, boy. And uh, one thing that got me, my brother, my brother was a big dude, and he used to be a, a bouncer in, in San Diego uh, uh, in Mission Mission Beach when it was mm -hmm. Mission Beach. Right. In the late 80s. It was just a biker place. It was there. And the place that he bounced at, was uh jose murphy's and jose's murphy's was the mongols and the, and the angels would show up on oh. the weekends and stuff and, and there regularly stuff going on i'm there one night and uh, i take all my seal buddies over there, right, and we're, right. we're there we just had a great time they had live music it was it was a fun dive bar um but the bouncers were amazing they would have to be this one guy mike he's he's the tallest john but he's 280 280 and just ripped and he was great he was also very good he, he understood human nature and usually every night john you know you know mike wouldn't do this there's a little guy sitting at the bar just having a beer it's closing it's two o'clock closing time and mike's tired as hell you know it's been a long weekend he's telling everybody to drink up and go well this guy's not really paying attention and he's just kind of drinking his beer and mike takes his in front that this guy isn't moving fast enough so he says to him he goes, hey, I told you to drink. Hey, I told you to stop right now. He goes, oh, I'm just finishing up like that. He goes, I told you now. And he just kind of throws his hand out, hits the guy in the chest. Guy goes over, slaps up, boom. Mike stands over him, you know, on here. This guy's calculation must have been 280, ripped the shit, he bounced, nah, not happening today. The knife came out, the Achilles got cut, came up, cut the inside and the femoral. Oh. And he walked right out the door. Before any Nothing of us happened. knew, before any of us knew even what happened, 
he literally, it, you could tell, not the first guy time this right. guy's done right. it. Yeah. Totally calm. He knew exactly where to go. And he knew what to do. And, and it Mike, came out quickly. And to this day, Mike, you know, still still lumps and stuff. He, you know, he's, he's a lot older now and stuff Jeez. like that. But have been my wife. But it was just, <laughs> but it was just, it was one of those moments where it was just such a teachable moment for me. You know, when I'm, cause I'm still a young guy at this time. And you just realize, man, I'm always polite to everybody. I treat, yep. I tell people all the time, like, you know, um, I treat everybody like they're six seconds away from a shooting spree. Okay. And do I want to be the guy to trigger them? Meaning if you, if you, it, it, with like people that. you don't know, if you approach it from that aspect, it's a, it's a, just an amazing way to just keep yourself out of trouble. Well, the, the, the number one thing that gets people in trouble is not being prepared for that guy who's going to start hitting you first. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's, I don't care if it's your mother yeah. and she walks up to you and hits you first yeah. multiple times. I don't care who she is, what size it is. The human body isn't supposed to get punched right. that often. Right. right? And when right. you're not expecting, if you're expecting it, there's this thing that happens. Right. But if you're not, if you're just standing there. Some guy just hits you twice. I mean, you're going, you're in big trouble. Right. So yeah, that's, and, that's and, most, and most people freeze because they're you, not. You, I didn't expect such a, fight. such a interrupt, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the, to them. And so yeah, and so you you learn a lot. You know, I tell people it, at this stage, you know, training people in in how to protect themselves and everything. The majority of what I train people in really is understanding human nature. Mm-hmm. It really is like uh, Robert Green. I'm going to be interviewing yeah. him uh, in two weeks. Sweet, and, and love he, Robert Green. Yeah, his book. The laws of human nature, I think, is forty eight laws of 40, power. Well, forty eight laws of power. This is, is great. We, we have been wow. through that book on this, and Colt's like oh, yeah. Machiavellian. Can salivating. I come and meet this guy? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. I think, I think it'll be a Zoom that we're doing. Yeah, um, man. But, uh, that was my favorite. <laughs> that was your favorite episode. Ever. Yeah, well, that was your favorite episode. His, his latest, his latest laws of human nature. I think this is his opus. Really? Because it takes forty eight laws of power, and then it just applies it to the whole human race. So five rings. <laughs> yep. And five rings, Miyota Musashi, and now what's the new, what's the new, 40, uh, the new ones? Laws of human nature. Laws of human nature. So those those need to go on the reading list. if yeah. you're, you're picking it up, and they're excellent for negotiation. I, you know, some of the things I love about this show is we always come up with stuff people should read. I love that. Yeah, yeah but I do love that. The most um, interesting people in the world, though, the ones that I, I like to speak to the most are like walking legs with books on them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're well read and read particularly because there's a thought process right. that goes on, to actually sit with a book, even an audio book. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. Like you can watch news, you can watch clips, but there's nothing more in depth than you know a book. Yeah, it, it goes into detail. Like right now, I, I was just um, in a car for twelve hours, so I got the River of Doubt. That one um, about uh, Teddy Roosevelt's trip down the Amazonian oh, River. Oh yeah, I saw I saw a review on that. Whole, holy shit! Wow. Just the, when you think about things like that, so you get to be immersive. You, get, you put yourself in there, and you're thinking about things as it's being told to you. So it's just, I think your brain starts doing this thing where it spreads out more than just linear information. That's what I think yeah. books are valuable for. Well, yeah, I think books are books are really good that way. And it's it's funny because as a kid, when you're forced to read stuff. It's the worst thing ever. They say reading is like anal sex. If you're forced to do it as a kid, you're not going to like it as an adult. <laughs> oh, that came Jesus. out of nowhere. Uh, that's that wasn't my joke. Jesus. It wasn't my Tim, joke. How did you end up in the UK? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, man. It wasn't my yeah, quote. That's but. not. That's, that's oh. <laughs> JFK quote. Was that a famous JFK quote? I think it was Lincoln. I just added that oh one. My That's God. awesome. <laughs> Brought to you by our sponsor, the Asshole yeah. Whisperer. <laughs> there you go. Can right now on OnlyFans. See, Tim. Yeah. So, did you go after your government work and just start consulting? Yeah. So, uh, what I started working. So, the guy that I that I, I found, I actually that guy was tell, I told you about that. I ended mm-hmm. up the, the actual instructor 
was the guy that I brought to the team compound. And, uh, you know, they they knew. I didn't bring him right away. I, you know, got to understand. Here I am, this guy, blows his ears and buds. I got no credibility whatsoever. Right. You know, they like me. Right. But, you know, I'm talking, these guys are legends, you know, at the time. Yeah. And the reason, the only reason I, I, I did it was because they noticed I started to train differently. We trained like three or four times a week. And I remember uh, Master Chief Hayden at the time, Roger Hayden, great guy. He came, he came up to me, he goes, what are you doing? Well, he goes, you're moving different. He goes, you're doing stuff. He goes, this is not stuff we've been training. What were you getting? Well, I've been training with this guy. Who you been training with? You know, <laughs> the right, whole thing. Right. And so then they find, and you didn't bring him in here. I go, well, Master Chief, I didn't know, you know? Right. So I bring this guy in, and he, like I said, he's former Army and everything. The only problem is he wasn't, a, he thinks lifers are worthless, you know, like he, and, he, and in particular, he doesn't like the SEALs. Right. Because you know, he thinks they're overrated. <laughs> right. You know, right. And, this is, and, and he's in there. But what was really interesting was I bring him in, it was kind of like, the whole old Maxwell Smart thing. I brought him into the skiff, you know, which is the the compartmentalized area, and they were going to talk about the programs and everything. They had his DD two fourteen there. They had his whole record. They knew they vetted him ahead of time, so they knew who he was. Man, there was a camaraderie right away. And what was interesting was everybody else we brought in was talking about punching, kicking, moving. First question they asked him ta- from a tactical standpoint was tactical, and it was about a SEAL Team Six boarding shipboarding incident that had happened where. They had gone to go through the first hatch, the first door, to get into the control room, and they had been jacked up. One of the guys, one of the bad guys, had jacked up the second guy in the line going in, and everybody else is, is held out. They can't get past it, right. and the number one man is, is fighting for his life. Right. You know, He's in there you know, you know, shooting everybody, and they, they hadn't, in six years, nobody had come up with how to deal with it. My guy sits there, looks at it, lines everybody up right away. Doesn't even, now he doesn't know the nomenclature of the latest weapons right, and everything, right. but he lines everybody up, replicates the same thing the guy the guy comes up playing the bad guy jacks the guy exactly as this guy had been jacked up and held up and jerry looks at him and he tells he points at the guy he goes lie back and sit down guy lies back sits down and it, it pulls the guy off but the weapon goes center line on him so think about it like if somebody is sitting there on a, and we use this on retention for your free weapon if somebody grabs your weapon if i sit down and, and pull and this guy's holding on the weapon it goes center line mm-hmm. every time so mm-hmm. not only did the rest of the team be able to go in right away but the guy that was wrestling with him he's on target and takes him out like that had nothing to do with punching and kicking had nothing and that's why i tried to tell people like, when we did this it, it wasn't this guy didn't get the contract for you know right. impressive martial arts right, right. Built. it was because tactically he knew he knew how to yeah, kill, kill he, understood, yeah. he understood what the deal was and so he immediately got a pilot program. We got in and we're training. So I'm great. You know, we're, everything's going great. Uh, having fun. I become an instructor in the military. We do these amazing classes out at San Clemente Island. We're 30 days out there each time and just immersing ourselves in this. And this guy was great. He, he just brought in all his Vietnam background and, and the guys loved him. It was, it was really fun. But I'm going to get out because this is right after Gulf War One. We had done Panama, Gulf War One. And then uh, what people forget is there's this lull and everybody started getting out of the military because they were like, you know, doing pizza delivery to Haiti and stuff. It was just like nobody wanted <laughs> right, to, right. everybody's getting out. The Bosnia. So, yeah. So, so I get out. Later. So I get out and uh, I'm going to Wall Street. You know, I have a, my, my, my degree was international business, you know, from SC. And I'd done a year in London overseas and, um, so I'm going, okay, yeah, I'll go. My buddy had a place for me. I was going to go to, I think, Morgan Stanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you retire we military? I, 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 we didn't retire yet. Uh, I was in the reserves. Oh, so I stayed in the reserves. But, you know, that's a that's an easy commitment. And mm-hmm. um, 
really cool unit in the reserves uh, that I did an Intel unit. But um, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna take six months off before I go. I'm just gonna, I had money, you know, that's set aside. And I was just gonna kick back and do some stuff. So my, the, the instructor, the guy there, he starts getting contracts. So the, everybody finds out SEALs training with this guy and then he wants to go to the brag and just do the tour, you know, and everybody wants him. And then corporate groups are calling him because a lot of the guys get out and they go corporate security. And so all of a sudden Exxon's calling us and everything. And Jerry's like, hey, I, that's not me. I don't know how to negotiate with these guys. Can you help me out with it for a little bit? So six months turned into 12 years. Really? And <laughs> I, dude, I had a career like, uh, like it had nothing to do with money, you know, because, you know, I, I made okay money. Right. But we did, the, I had access to the people and, 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 you know, we met CEOs and celebrities and all these other people that it never, a traditional career, I never would have had this, had, this, right. this even a traditional career in the military. Well, we think we got to get to England. Yeah. Well, so right, right now I just feel it. Somebody's so, in their car. So I'm trained listening to this and they're like, <laughs> yeah, what, can we get to the damn England story? So what about the jo John Wick shooting training? But yeah, let's get to that. So yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, I said I was going to so, come join so you. <laughs> I, I go and I, I train with this guy and we're together 12 years. And then he basically, yeah, his ego got out of control. And uh, unfortunately everybody, you know, he kind of isolated everybody, you know, on that. And so, which again, he was a functioning sociopath. I mean, he's seen some things. It was good. Yeah. Oh no, he was great. I'm thankful every day I met yep. him and everything, but it, it, it went its course. And then I went off and I was going to, again, get back in the business world. All of a sudden I started getting calls from everybody because he's not training anybody. He's not returning anybody's calls and stuff. So I start training again. So I, I, I ended up taking a lot of my old instructors, a lot of my old uh, military guys came back and we all started, you know, really doing a great business and it was fun. And this time, we had no constraints. We yeah. could we could train because Jerry would always water. try to constrain stuff. So it got really popular. I started training internationally, um, and <clears throat> London was an obvious place for me to go because I had a lot of contacts over there. So I trained their special forces, their military, their police. Plus, I started doing civilian training. So I started getting known. I started getting interviewed over there. I became like way more in the media over there than I ever was over here. Um, so I'm on numerous shows and. In 2006, I did a show, and they had knife crime starting there. Uh, the place I was training was a place called Slough. And you, and, and, and just real quick, I just gotta, I forgot to show you guys this. That's Tim on the old cover of uh, a Black Belt magazine. You can't see this from the podcast. I don't, maybe you can zoom in on that title. I don't know, but uh, cover of Black Belt magazine looking. With yeah. the knife. Yeah. The, yeah. Best, the best part about that yeah. is. I love that picture. I, that picture. I, I'm sitting there. We're doing <laughs> all these other like, this, this seems to be like your Facebook profile. Well, like, hey, how you doing? I, I, <laughs> like, I'm, show, I'm showing everything in that thing. In the last pick, the guy goes, hey, you know, I need something with a knife. Will you just hold the knife like this? And I'm going, I'd never hold a knife like this. Yeah, what kind of knife? And, like and I taste the shit. And I look at my buddy and I go, that's the fucking pick they're going to use. That's sure enough, use. That's what they use, you know? You look, and, you look kind of like one of the guys that they're going to tee up Steven Seagal to win, even though you have to be like, Exactly what he looks. Oh my god! Exactly what he looks like, like. You know he's gonna lose. But. Yeah, Hench gonna... henchman number seven. <laughs> exactly. Teed up henchman. Okay, send in handsome henchman. <laughs> <laughs> just, just drop. Just drop. Uh, you know. Yeah, and no talking because yeah, you'll go to yeah. sad card. You I'm just gonna run at him. He's gonna throw me over yeah, him for no some lines. reason. <laughs> uh, so I, I do this round table where they bring me in as like the crazy American, you know, um, but I get the head of Metropolitan Police, a rabbi, uh, a former, um, former head of, uh, of uh, uh, MI6. The Bobbies. Um, and at the end, everybody agrees with my approach. They say it's same social, you know, same, you know, in there, it's, it's really relevant, except the MP from Slough, right? So her name is Rosie something. Anyways, 
I go back into the green room and she's sitting with another MP friend of hers, woman. So I shake hands with both of them, you know. Then 2011, they have the riots in London. Okay, so fast forward, you know, I've been training this whole time. Never had even a parking ticket over there. And I get called, I'm here in Vegas, and I get called for uh, uh, interviews. And so BBC interviews me and everybody, and everybody legit, and the next day, the last question the BBC interviewer asked me was, hey, you've been coming here for a long time, you have a lot of clients, did you have any clients in the riot affected areas? And I said, well, yes. And my whole premise was, hey, it's time for the UK to look at their their self-defense laws. They have Mm -hmm. to change, you know, it's obvious they have to change. And uh, I said, yes, I do. I do have clients in the affected area. Have you been, do anyone want to, you know, sh- you know, show you the areas? And I said, yeah. And my whole thing is I train people basically to recognize the potentiality for violence. And when you do, you can get yourself out of there. So you don't have to act. Right. Yeah, you know, right. that's my whole thing. You know, worst case scenario, see yes, it coming. violence is the yeah, answer. See it coming. Yeah. So, so boom. So they were going to show me, Hey Tim, I recognized A, B and C. I got myself out of there type mm-hmm. thing. That's all it was. Everybody reports it legit, except the mirror. The mirror is kind of like a yeah. Um, yeah, the rag. It's a rag. It's, yeah. it's the sun or whatever. Or the po- or the New York. Yeah, on page whatever. six of page it. Page six. Big same a, page. Big uh, a big big headline. Larkin to lead riot tour, <laughs> and they said I was going to go around rabble rousing. They called me vigilante. Like I was going to encourage vigilantes. We all dismissed it. My my guys over there dismissed it. Everything. Boom. That MP from Slough sends it right. Guess who her buddy was that I sat next to? Steven Seagal. Theresa May. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Theresa, Theresa May. Oh, the, who the, then was, was, the, was prime minister. Who, yeah. Well, at that time, she was the home secretary. Right. Oh, yeah. Boom, sends it to her, and she goes, ah, we got to get rid of this guy. And, and issues an immediate travel ban on me right away, because they know I'm coming over. But I'm not coming over till the following right. May, right? And so they issue this travel ban, and they say it's supposed to happen, right? I never hear anything. So I go, I'm going, this is the year I, I won... I was, I was inducted to Black Belt Hall of Fame. I was going to speak in Birmingham at a huge martial arts, European martial arts conference. Me and Randy Couture were the two uh, speakers. keynote speakers at that mm-hmm. time. Huge thing that they're bringing me over for, right? I go, I show up at uh, the Virgin Counter at uh, McCarran at the old, at right. the old, uh, old place before they had Terminal Three. Um, and I show up, and it's always the four o'clock flight to London is always like packed, and you know you got bodies coming in and everything. So I hand over my docs to the to the virgin um, attendant, and I notice she's starting to stall. You know, like and usually it's a quick boom, 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 you go. Yeah. Now she's stalling, and then I hear this, Mister Larkin, and I turn around, and this guy, all he needed was the bowler hat and the and the umbrella. He had the three piece suit. <laughs> yeah. He's your total Just British, British right, admin right. guy, and he's from the Border Defense uh, Agency, which is their you know Homeland Security. And he said, I'm presenting you this letter from the Home Secretary. He goes, uh, you are banned from traveling to the UK. <laughs> he goes, you will not be boarding this flight. And he hands me the letter, right? And I'm like, shit, you know? Dude, it <laughs> Tell was me like, oh yeah, I do. Oh. <laughs> it, it was like the party of the Red Sea. All of a really? sudden, I go from bodies on me to yeah. everybody's like, who's okay, this, who's this Irish banned. terrorist? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it's because of Larkin. They, they're exactly. still, they're oh, still yeah. mad about yeah. Belfast. Oh, oh, my, oh my, uh, <laughs> my, my, uh, my Irish uh, relatives are just loving it. They think it's great that great. I'm banned. Oh, um, they're like, ah, fucking so, Brits anyway. <laughs> so I go, we go to fight it, right? And uh, here, here's, what, here's how, how bad it was. Um, you have 90 days, it says the letter. Now, the letter's dated. December, okay, and this is May, right? And they're saying that you no, know, you had ninety days from December to contest, and we're like, wait a minute, 
Oh. If you guys, if you guys were so sure that you had, you had uh, informed me, right? Why did you fly somebody six thousand miles to Vegas to personally give me this letter? Yeah. You know, and it's like uh, they, they didn't handle right. that. But the UK is such that it's not like if it was here in the US, we could have done something. Right. Yeah, right. but their rules are very vague. And the best part of the thing is, it says uh, that at the very end, it says this will re- be reviewed every three to five years. <laughs> And we'll, what do you mean three to five? You're, You're doing three to five on yeah. the UK. Really? You yeah, have no idea. And it's still like that right now. People don't realize yeah. certain laws there. Like they, they don't change. America, for all its warts, like does a lot of things right when it comes to certain things. Yeah. Like Canada has um, laws, right? Hate crime laws, yes. specifically. And you know, not just the Bill C-31 you heard right. about and all this stuff, but there's some of these laws that are very top-down because they're parliamentary and it's different. It's similar but different. People don't realize it. There's, there's certain things where... Um, oh, I can't like the COVID things. They had just different police powers. Mm-hmm. They had different well, ways just, of yeah. pursuing different things. I so. think that's where a lot of Americans become ignorant, right? Yeah. Like the whole Brittany Griner. Like, why are you going into somewhere with marijuana, right? Like, just right. I think we think everything's oh, whatever. It's another country, or it's the same, right? Yeah. And it's just not. And they can screw with you as much as you want. Well, she's probably had. That's an interesting situation because she'd probably gone over there a bunch she's of times done with it. it. But yeah. here's the thing: how many people Wrong are sitting time. in American cages? For the exact same yeah, crime, nobody oh, yeah. gives a sure. shit. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite nobody memes. Cares. People going, yeah. "That guy who's all mad." Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you care about somebody yeah, in when, Russia when who went to there, Russia yeah. and did that? You know, yeah. you got people sitting in cages here. Uh, no, I, I get it. So, <laughs> so Tim, so are you still training people? Is that I mean, yeah. wait, wait, so, but you've partly this still still doing trainings. Yeah. For yeah. is it more individuals? Or are you still doing? It, it, it's mostly so. I would say twenty percent of the biz is professionals. You yeah. know, military law enforcement, and they're fun to do. They're great. Uh, a lot of them don't have the time or budget anymore, though. Do you ever do M- MVP? Um, the merging vets and players at Couture's gym. You just mentioned Randy. So. Oh no! So I, no, at Couture, I do jujitsu with the MVP guys on Tuesday, Thursday. Oh, okay. It's called merging vets and players. It's where you take people with uh, UFC guys, and they bring a lot of military. So it's a free class. Oh, that's really at cool. eight in the morning on Tuesday, Thursdays. And there's a lot of military vets that don't have a lot of money. Right. So they train for free. They're not yeah, going to pay really the cool. gym fees. That's cool. And, so and, and Randy and, if and you Ryan know, Couture let them. If let you know anybody out there in Vegas that is a vet that doesn't have a lot of money or you wants can come to train at MMA, whatever. It's getting people into jujitsu, right? Yeah, so it just so happens that everybody that comes is an MVP person because the MVP program has an other times as well. I like that. Uh, it's it's that's really a, amazing. That's really cool. We, we've done a lot of uh, uh, training uh, of vets, and like you know, in my other business, of course, I have all vets that, that do it for the, the machine gun range and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great that 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 guys are doing that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's so important that they do, especially the guys that are injured. I know a lot of guys that are disabled, and they're still able to get out there and do you know athletic stuff, which is awesome. Some guys I train with, they wear shoes like. Um, this one guy, Tim, he's great. He's a, he's a CO. He does the training for the, the COs up in high desert. But he, he has to wear boots because his feet are just destroyed. Yeah. Another guy um, has a full, has 100% um, fusion Wow. in his spine. All these guys, that, some of them Still have taken hungry. IEDs. Yeah. Some of them have taken, you know, they'll, they'll be telling me after class, like, oh, yeah, that one, this one time I had a, you know, a flashback in the grocery store. Like, they're going yeah. through all these things, right? Because they've been hit by IEDs and they've had, they've all served. They've all been yep. overseas and some of them multiple times. Yeah. And, um, and they're all, they're training jujitsu. And it's, it's really cool because these guys who have every excuse not to be there right. are there. Right. Are there. They're there, you know, having my. I- Heavy ass laying on them, yeah, trying right. to break their spine again. <laughs> Why did I immediately feel sorry for your wife? Just as soon as you said that, that was the only reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, There's plenty yeah, of reasons. That's, that's, John. A, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, 
So Tim, if they people want to find you, they want to work with you, they want to, they want to how do they find you? Probably the easiest way to go is just go to timlarkin.com. TimLarkin.com. Yeah, has yeah like I got a lot of free information. Because like here in town, you got some cool stuff, not yeah. just the general training. Yeah, like the because we were talking about the John Wick thing. Yeah, are you still doing that? Yeah, well, we got. I, so I have a lot of guys that are former like uh, Team Six guys and, and and groups like that, and we take people out and we train them. We have machine guns in Vegas, but then we also have a tactical ranch. Yeah, and so that's where we do a lot of the a lot of the, the training, and so it's all all great spec ops guys. And what I want to make clear to everybody is, you know, sometimes people think, oh well, I, I can't. I'm not good enough to train with special operations guys. These guys are the best, meaning they will take a beginner and just just take you right through the great training. You don't waste any time. I feel like we need to go do this. I, I think we are. And, and I feel the like we thing, need the other thing that's cool too is if you know if you're doing something like if you're going to be carrying for CCW, you want to have somebody that's been in situations time and time and time again, mm-hmm. and they're very aware of the self defense rules and all that, but they also understand what it takes to do that, and they're the first guys to teach you to walk away. And, uh, you know, that, that's just invaluable. You, did yeah. you hear that Jocko Willink quote? Oh, which, which one? Um, recently, and it's just, you he talk about seals. You talk about a really famous seal guy who's a jujitsu stud and whatever. Yeah. He goes, um, he's talking about self-defense. People are talking about, I want I want a box for self-defense. He's like, why do you need the box for self-defense? If no one's grabbing you, just leave. Yeah. He's like, yeah. the only self-defense you need to know is jujitsu because you now have your hands on me and you're preventing me from going yeah. somewhere. And that, that's kind of an interesting thing where a guy like that is total stud. Yeah. yeah. Rip your arms out. He's going, you want to dance and box with me? I'm just going to leave. I'm not fighting you. Yeah. This isn't a military true. operation, yeah, right? I'm not, not going to get in a bar fight with you just because your hands are up. You square up. I'm just going to leave yeah. safely I'm, I'm, until you have your hands on me. I'm, yeah, hoping, I'm, ho- I'm, ho- I'm hoping to get him on. Um, that's the other thing, John. If, if people want to check on my podcast, my, uh, yeah, well, well, my YouTube promote channel away. too. Promote away. I've got, well, the only reason I'm saying I've got some really unique people. I've got guys like I, I, I just interviewed a head of the former, uh, a former head of the Aryan Brotherhood who just got out, totally reformed his life, Whoa. but he gives very realistic uh, information about what it's like to be in such a petri dish of violence and how they operate. And there's a lot of wow. good lessons there. Um, another guy from the Mexican Mafia, which you'll, he was taken by uh, YPO in LA uh, to uh, to it, to talk to them about how do you build a a an organization. these leaders yeah. these leaders are locked up twenty three hours out of the day, yet they run tens of thousands right. of people. The inmates around that it's it's yeah. just crazy, you know, when you think and how they do it. That's uh, fun. And YPO YPO was just like, hey, you want to you want to know how to run your organization? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guy, guy who can run it from the clink. Yeah. It ended up getting the sheriff's department in so much trouble. Yeah, screw, and screw, screw Tim, oh, sure screw Tim Ferris yeah. with his yeah. four hour work week. Oh, yeah. This dude's twenty three and a half hour work day. That's it. He's got half an hour to pull it all off, buddy. That's it. That's good stuff. All right. Well, Tim, yep. Check it. TimTharkin.com. Thanks. As we're going to end the show, as we started editing it now, as we've, as, which is going to become a ritual on the show. Yeah. Which is, which Tim will be inducted. You'll be inducted into this yeah. now, which is, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Which oh, is God. five, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Canned laughter. In the, five minutes into Colts. Five questions into Colts. I forgot mind. about this. Five oh, questions into, into the mind Tim, of Colts. You ready, Tim? Here we go. Uh, into no. the mind of Colt. You ready, Colt? I'm not ready. Here we go. You ready? Question one. What's the biggest lie you once to believe was true? 
that I could be in that question. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair. I'll take that. All right, question two. Because you know why your sister ruined it for me? She, oh. yeah, she, I've never had my dreams crushed <laughs> as your sister thrown out. So his well, sister calls in, pretending to be, to be a Bruce Springsteen's daughter, who's a, a gold medalist equestrian rider, and just takes a strip Filleted off him. him. Just oh. Absolutely Filleted. barbecued him. And at the end of it, he's like, oh my God, I'm so wrong. And start laughing. It's like, ah, oh, this is Mindy. It's my uh, sister, it's Mindy. Mindy. Whatever, here we go. All right, question two. What is the main thing that influences your decisions? <laughs> this we got to know. That influences my decisions. Yes. Will it piss people off? Oh, no, yes. No, but I don't mean that like, oh, I'm afraid to piss people off. It's like, is this going to piss people off? Sure, I might do I'm it in. even more. I'm in. Um and will Yvette beat you for yeah, this? Exactly. <laughs> that, that is my wife is my wife going to leave me? Will Those are two main you. things. Okay, all right. Yeah. Will this piss people off? My, my wife's uh, probably related to that Mexican <laughs> mafia guy. You yeah, me. no, she probably <laughs> really she is. Knows. All right. If you had to lose one of your five senses, which would you give up? Oh, smell for sure. <laughs> But that's also taste. And why? Why would people you give up smell, smell? man? <laughs> you ever hold your breath when you walk by people just based off of what they look like? Colt, I've been to 47 countries. Not, not all of them. See, uh, smell. That's prejudging people. <laughs> oh, I judge the shit out of you. If you see me go like this, when I walk by you, you look like you, you look stink. Like you stink. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, what else would you want? Hearing would suck to lose. <laughs> Eyesight would be the worst. But taste would yeah. be probably a healthier thing to lose. No, I like food. Yeah, yeah. but I'm saying, right? If you did, well, it'd be healthier. Yeah, I could just eat just nothing but smell, man. Smell, get broccoli. Uh, and la people. <laughs> Last question: Name something on your to-do list that never gets old. On my to-do list? Oh, I'm sorry. Name something. No, cigars. not never gets old. <laughs> name something on your to-do list that never gets done. Not old. Sorry, never gets oh, done. Um, cold calling. <laughs> yeah, I gave up on that years. What was it? Cold calling. Cold calling. <laughs> it's always on the to-do list, but it yeah, never gets it done. No, you know what's so funny? You bring that up. It, it was in my calendar up till probably a year ago. It's been twenty cold years, call. guys, and it's like it might be, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Knock it, uh, yeah, every day cold call pops up. Yeah, nope. like, yeah. Not, yeah cool. Not I, got, Satan, I got an hour to do shit. Let's like, go. It's like Facebook allows you to do this thing when you have a time limit on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I you just burn through it and you just go ignore for today. Yeah, I know. So you just, like, just get yeah. used to hitting that every yeah, day. Ignore button. It's just, it's just really one more chore. You have to do on Facebook. Thing, more thing. Tim, why are we going to go train? I need to. Yes. I think that. I think I want the full tactical experience. Go get your CCW first. A dream. All the time that I'm going to be stuck on a mountain with somebody I don't like and get to hunt them. <laughs> and now I'm kind of wanting it not to have yeah. a, no weapons. I just want to be able to track them down, <laughs> rub some deer piss on me so they don't smell me and Whittle out hide there and jump out and bare hands. You know, deer piss isn't good for humans, right? <laughs> I, no, but, but I don't know. Person, I saw it on a movie. A person would smell the deer piss. A person would. Yeah, they'd be like, Wait, is there a deer around? They'd stall just enough for me to get my hands on him, Tim. Let's he's, do it. He's you're Let's you're the secret oh yellow God. belt that was stabbing guys in the leg. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. No, but I, dude, I do want to go do the tactical thing. I think I'd be cool. No, let's I go going for it, man. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Well, check it out again. TimLarkin.com. If you want to, for some reason, follow Colt. Colt, how do they find you? 
Uh, Colt underscore, <laughs> underscore Amadin. Colt <laughs> underscore Amadin. Yep. And the counselor, how can they find you for all of their legal needs? Connell Law on Facebook, Connell Law LV Instagram. And my number is 702 Connell. So you should be able to remember that pretty easily. Yeah, 702 Connell. Unless you don't know if it's spelled with two N's, two L's, one There's N, seven two letters. L's, I'm sure you'll yeah. figure it out. Oh, I didn't that's like a out. Wordle, though. Do you really want to give people a Wordle for your yeah, legal phone I, number? I think, you know what? The and way could I it be tell a people, K? Here's, here's what's easy for me. Every single billboard in, <laughs> this, a D in this city <laughs> is owned by a company called Connell, and they don't own 702 Connell. I do. So, <laughs> so I constantly so there'll be lawyers advertising. Meanwhile, it's my name Your on name there that it. they're gonna uh, maybe remember. Seven hundred two Connell. It's a strong move. Well, thanks for coming in, guys. And remember, if you're gonna move, man, move forward. See you next week. Awesome. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.